As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line in my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research. Among them, several stand out for their support of mood and emotional wellness, myonostal powder, L-theanine, and clinical stress relief. Myonostal powder promotes emotional and mental wellness and healthy eating patterns. L-theanine can support relaxation without drowsiness and promotes healthy cognitive function. And clinical stress relief has been shown to support healthy cortisol levels and thus can help relieve the symptoms of stress from everyday life. They're available at dearhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's dearhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. The subject of our podcast a great new book, Brain Energy, by today's guest, Christopher Palmer. And um, you're going to be hearing a lot about this book because uh, Dr. Palmer is going to do uh, the circuit of the media as the book unrolls and comes out. And uh, he's going to do a series of podcasts. We're very fortunate to have him on Intelligent Medicine to uh, share his wisdom and breakthrough analysis of mental disorders, a unifying theory that knits together uh, mental disorders, all of them, is his contention in brain energy. Okay, so uh, for, from the starting point of, you know, before we get to potential solutions, you know, how is it that we uh, undermine brain energy? What are some of the things to avoid uh, that may negatively impact brain ener- energy? You know, it's one of the things that I love about this theory because all of the things that I'm going to list are things that you already know, (laughs) that everybody should already know in terms of risk factors for having mental illness. Um, So certainly a poor diet, um, a diet high in sugar, high in chemicals and other things can impair metabolism. We know that bad diets can cause obesity and diabetes. Well, guess what? They've also been linked with mental disorders too. Um, depression and anxiety are the most common mental disorders, so they've certainly been linked with that. But we have evidence, you know, for instance, linking trans fat which are now banned. Everybody realizes now, you know, 30, uh, 50 years later, uh, um, that they were, they're bad for us. But trans fats, it turns out, are also associated not with just with depression and anxiety, but also with Alzheimer's disease, with irritability, which can sometimes be diagnosed as mania, um, with, with other mental disorders and mental states. And so it's a good thing that those are banned. So diet is one. But poor sleep impairs our metabolism and our mitochondrial function. Drugs and alcohol, um, in particular marijuana, can impair uh, mitochondrial function in brain cells mm-hmm. and can actually result in uh, you know brain shrinkage, uh, especially yep. in adolescents. In, in a recent their study, are growing. Uh, a shrinkage in gray matter in adolescents, which is particularly alarming because kids, uh, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, are vaping uh, uh, THC. Yeah, 
it's it's frightening. And I think, you know, because marijuana is being legalized throughout the country, a lot of people are getting the message that, well, it must be safe then. And that is a really unfortunate message. And I'm not necessarily here to talk about the legal implications of whether it should be legal or not, but I'm certainly here to talk about the health implications of whether it's good for your brain or not. And I think the science is pretty clear. Marijuana is not good for the human brain. It just isn't. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're seizing and you can't find anything else to stop your seizures, marijuana can stop seizures. Mm-hmm. It can also deal with help people deal with nausea. It can help people deal with chronic pain. It can do some really useful things. Um, and I actually get into the science of well, if Chris Palmer is saying it's bad for you, then why would it do those beneficial things? I get into some of that detailed science about why. Um, so if you have one of those conditions and you need something to stop your symptoms right away, that's great. It, it can effectively do those things. But at the end of the day, if you want to heal, if you want to actually get over that disorder, you're going to need some, some other strategies other than uh, what essentially what is a nerve nerve toxin or neurotoxin. <laughs> um, but, you know, stress, there are psychological and social things that impair our mitochondrial function and our metabolism. Stress, adverse childhood events, trauma. We know those things play a role in mental illness. Well, guess what? We also know those things play a role in your metabolism. Mm-hmm. And people with those psychological and social adversities are also more likely to develop type 2 diabetes. They're also more likely to have cardiovascular disease. They're much more likely to die early deaths from heart attacks and strokes. So this is a way to start to connect the science, to connect the stuff that we have known for decades, but nobody's been able to put together. Nobody's been able to make sense of. Um, the reason I'm so excited about it as a psychiatrist is because it leads to more effective ways to treat chronic serious mental disorders and help people fully recover. And what about, uh, you know, I think Sigmund Freud would be happy with what you're saying because you reconcile, uh, you know, the theory of uh, deep psychoanalysis with uh, uh, its impact on metabolism. Literally, you can uh, talk your metabolism into into better functioning, and, and that and that makes sense. There's actually a circuit there. Um, what about the role of uh, inflammation? I think that that's been talked up a lot in uh, the world of psychiatry, and uh, you know there are such things as pro-inflammatory diets, anti-inflammatory diets, and you know then there's the role of chronic infections in promoting inflammation. Yeah, and so there's no doubt that inflammation plays a role in both metabolic and mental disorders. The the real answer is that inflammation gets tricky kind of fast. And so so sometimes inflammation can start because of something in the environment causing the inflammation. So you mentioned a, a an inflammatory diet. No question about it. Eating a lot of really bad junk food um, is inflammatory, and that can cause inflammation. Um, and then that can go, go on to cause all sorts of problems. People can get an infection with a virus. COVID's going around, and a lot of people are thinking long COVID is a chronic infection with COVID, that maybe people aren't clearing the virus 
mm-hmm. from their bodies. And so they have this chronic lingering in, in, you know, inflammation and that that is causing a lot of the symptoms of long COVID, the brain symptoms, the, the brain fog, the, the depression, um, and in some rare cases, psychosis even. Um, and we know that like kids, who get infections are much more likely to develop mental disorders after that infection. We know that pregnant women, if they get an infection, they are more likely to have a child with a mental disorder or a Mm -hmm. neurodevelopmental disorder. So we know that infections are playing a role and it probably is the inflammation from those infections that is um, playing a significant role in the, in, in the consequences But one of the challenges is that when people, you know, sometimes something as simple as stress. So, you know, something as simple as stress can cause inflammation. Mm -hmm. So we know that the stress response is actually much more than just cortisol. A lot of people know cortisol spikes with the stress response, and it does. Mm -hmm. But there are some other things that happen too. And one of those other things that happens with the stress response is that people get higher levels of inflammation. And those higher levels of inflammation can have adverse effects, not only on your physical health, but also your mental health. And, um, and sometimes when people are just metabolically compromised, for whatever reason, any of the reasons we've been talking about, um, or maybe they've been exposed to some kind of a metabolic toxin, some mm-hmm. toxic substance Lead, in the environment. Cadmium, mercury, um, et cetera. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and then I kind of worry about all the microplastics and everything yeah. else going around. Yep. Um, Phthalates and, all and the, so on. You know, yeah. all the hormone disruptors, mm-hmm. endocrine disruptors, and all of those things. Um, PH, et cetera. Uh, who, I can't imagine those are good for our mitochondria metabolism either but um but so if you have that kind of um a problem metabolically compromised cells will cause inflammation on their own and that is part of the body's healing process so the the metabolically compromised cell sends out a distress signal that, hey, I'm, you know, I'm struggling here. I need some help. And part of the help is actually to send inflammation to that site of the body to try to help those cells heal and repair. So people are probably most familiar with this. If you get an injury, if you, if you, if you, you know, break a leg or sprain an ankle, what happens? It swells up. It swells up because of inflammation. And that inflammation is actually a good thing, mm-hmm. ironically. It helps Even with the resolution of Even though we usually think of, of inflammation as bad. Yeah, it's a repair mechanism. But yeah, the, the, the inflammation is actually sending blood and oxygen and food and other kind of nutrients to that site to try to help those cells in that area of the body repair itself. Um, but when somebody has chronic metabolic problems from diabetes or a bad diet or smoking cigarettes or something else, that they, their cells can become chronically metabolically impaired and that can cause a chronic level of inflammation. And in those cases, it's really critical that we identify the problem, the root cause, 
you know, the smoking or the bad diet and address it because we've actually already spent probably billions of dollars on research looking at antioxidants or anti-inflammatory vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, and it was with good intention. I mean, all that research was with good intention. Researchers were thinking, well, maybe if we can decrease that inflammation, it'll be, it'll help the problem. It turns out that it probably doesn't. Yeah, you're, you're not a big fan of, uh, of, you know, the, the book is entitled Brain Energy, but it's not a book about taking uh, coenzyme Q10 or, you know, NAD or, or something like that as a panacea. Uh, you do allude to uh, the role that some B vitamins may play in brain energy. And in fact, there's a psychiatric medication and you're familiar with it because you probably prescribe it, you know, reach for the prescription pad and prescribe Deplin, which is a, a, a metabolically active form of uh, uh, folate. Uh, a B vitamin, yes. which is often given to patients with depression, but so it's not a pan- what you're saying is uh, it it it's it it's not a panacea to just reach for some energy enhancing uh, vitamin or supplement. We have to address underlying causes because it's kind of like spitting into a hurricane. Uh, the the forces of inflammation may overwhelm the corrective benefits of whatever you're taking. Absolutely. So there are definitely situations of vitamin deficiencies, um, and, and in in the, our part one of our episode, the patient that you shared who was psychotic and um, you know and started adding some protein and stuff, I almost wondered whether that patient might have been B twelve deficient. Absolutely. Um, in particular, iron B twelve deficiency. Yeah. Yes, because a, a simple. You know, people who are uh, vegetarian or vegan are at risk for B12 deficiency in particular and iron and others and um, other deficiencies that can all cause neurological or psychiatric symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right. That, that over, overall, I want to, it's not that I'm against supplements because I think supplements can be immensely helpful for some people. And certainly if somebody is deficient in vitamins or nutrients, we absolutely should identify that and try those supplements. But I don't think supplements are the panacea for most people because we're not identifying the root cause. And, um, you know, it, it, just an easy example. If, if you look at somebody who's in a hardcore extreme alcoholic consuming, uh, you know, a quart of vodka every day. Mm-hmm. You can so take all the supplements like you my want patients at the, the VA hospital where and, I trained. And it, it's not going to undo, it's not going to undo or mitigate the damage that all of that alcohol is doing. Mm-hmm. The treatment of choice is let's stop the alcohol first. Exactly. See what we get. And then once we've done that, then that person may need help to heal. And then we may want to think about dietary strategies, exercise, um, and supplement support to try to restore health in that person because they may have done a lot of damage with chronic alcohol use. Okay, folks, at this point, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors this opportunity to share a vital message with you. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. 
I've been taking NT Factor for years, and now the 45 day money back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800 982 9158. That's 800 982 9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They are what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to today's guest, Dr. Chris Palmer. What about the role of the microbiome? It's, it's kind of curious. And I, I note the case of uh, a patient of mine uh, who uh, was suffering from, from you know, really severe GI ailments. It wasn't Clostridium difficile, which for which it's indicated. You can get a fecal uh, transplant for that condition. She didn't have that. So she had to go far afield to uh, the UK where they're offering uh, fecal transplants for patients with, you know, outside that narrow indication where it's allowed in the United States. And she had a fecal transplant and it cured her GI symptoms. And I, I saw her and her, her countenance had completely changed. And she said to me, not only are my GI symptoms better, but I must have gotten a fecal transplant from a happy, undepressed person because my mood is dramatically huh. improved. So uh, how does that fit into a unified theory uh, of brain energy? So, you know, again, there's there's no doubt that the microbiome plays a role in mental health, but again, it also plays a role in metabolic health. And we know that with certainty. The gut microbiome is playing a role in obesity, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease, and those are all quote-unquote metabolic disorders. So the gut microbiome, you know, gets complicated quickly because not only does it involve the food that we're eating and the, you know, and whatever happens to be in that food, including chemicals or any toxic substances. But the gut, you know, the gut microbes themselves process that food and then they produce hormones and neurotransmitters and neuropeptides and all sorts of things that get absorbed into our bloodstream and can make it up to our brain. But then the you know the microbiome and the food that we're eating also affect the cells that actually line our gut and um and and those cells actually are endocrine cells unto themselves so they're producing all sorts of hormones and you know even neurotransmitters and neuropeptides and you know you know people can end up developing a leaky gut or inflammation of the gut um, so it gets complicated very quickly, but the overarching theme is that the gut microbiome and everything happening in your gut ultimately is about metabolism. And that means it's ultimately about mitochondria. And so we know that, we know that a lot of these hormones and other chemicals that are being produced actually communicate directly with mitochondria. So, it, it might be interesting to your listeners to, to understand that mitochondria were once bacteria, independent living yep. bacteria. And it is very conceivable that they have maintained the ability to communicate with other bacteria, including the bacteria in our gut. And that the bacteria in our gut are communicating with them through signals. And some of those signals can be beneficial and helpful, but some of those signals may be hostile signals, you know, of bacteria competing with each other for food um, and trying to outdo each other. Um, so, but 
But the bottom line is that we know the gut microbiome plays a role in all of the metabolic disorders, and it also appears to play a role in most mental disorders, all the way from depression and anxiety to schizophrenia to autism. So a wide range of mental disorders, we have pretty good evidence already that the gut microbiome is playing a role. And in my mind, that just lends further support to my overarching theory that mental disorders, all of them, all the way from depression, anxiety, to schizophrenia, to autism, all of them are, in fact, metabolic disorders of the brain. Mm -hmm. And But you're not a, a one-note Charlie when it comes to a ketogenic diet. That is a tool that uh, you wield with uh, a great deal of success with your patients. But in evaluating a patient, you want to use your unified theory to take a comprehensive uh, inventory of potential insults to their uh, metabolic intactness, uh, their brain energy, and eliminate those, but and also accentuate the things like uh, exercise, for example, that may uh, support brain energy. Absolutely. So, you know, in many ways, this is about marrying traditional psychiatry with the integrative... <laughs> integrative field of medicine and, uh, you know, uh, um, it, it really is about looking for root causes of illness. It's about saying that we really do need to think about root causes instead of just assigning a label and applying symptomatic treatments. Um, and even when we can't identify a specific root cause, there are healing strategies. I mean, fasting and fasting mimicking diets, which mm -hmm. includes the ketogenic diet. I mean, that's really what the ketogenic diet is. is it, it, it sounds paradoxical. It sounds paradoxical because you're actually depriving the body of energy. But there's a process that occurs called autophagy, which you talk about in the book, which is very helpful to metabolic uh, balance and health. Yes. And... You, you know, the, there's something that's fascinating and wonderful and also kind of almost humiliating for our field yes. in this knowledge. And that is that healing, healing professionals have known about the benefits of fasting for millennia. Yep. <laughs> yeah. and, and in some ways, the work that I'm doing, I recognize that I'm taking all of this modern, cutting-edge neuroscience and metabolic science and mitochondrial science, genetics and epigenetics. We've mapped the human genome. We know so much. I'm taking all of that and putting it together and coming to the conclusion that, oh my gosh, fasting and fasting-mimicking diets might really work. <laughs> and it's kind of sad in a way, um, that, that we're, we're going back to thousand year old treatments. But in another way, given that it can restore people's lives and reduce their suffering, it's miraculous in many ways.
Indeed. And, you know, so I, I really have to commend you because uh, I found the book uh, really inspiring. And it, it does precisely that. It knits together uh, so much of uh, what is termed traditional wisdom uh, with modern neuroscience uh, findings. Uh, and, and they're actually now objective metrics to see uh, brain energy. You can actually visualize it. We have new modern uh, techniques of, uh, you, you know, CT uh, uh pet MRIs and, and so on that help to visualize uh, energy patterns within the brain, whether certain uh, parts of the brain are de-energized, other parts are, you know, malfunctioning. We can actually uh, use that as, a, as kind of an objective metric of progress. Absolutely. So, and, you know, so although that, although this may sound like a stretch to some people, it, you know, most people have, kind of are aware that for 30 plus years, we've been doing all of these brain scans on people with mental illness. Researchers have been studying this up, up and down. Um, spec scans, PET scans, functional MRI, bold you know, scans, all sorts of different scans. And each and every one of them is measuring brain metabolism. That's what they're all measuring. Mm-hmm. So, so in many ways, this is just confirming what we've already known all along, but it's putting it together in one coherent way so that we can come out with practical, actionable, healing treatments. And, uh, and I think that's the most exciting part of it all. Indeed. So uh, it's a great read. I recommend it highly. Uh, Brain Energy. Uh, the concept, mental disorders, all of them are metabolic disorders of the brain. Uh, check out the book by today's guest, Christopher Palmer. And, uh, you know, I wish you much, much success in uh, getting the word out. I, I know that you're going to be busy in uh, the ensuing weeks uh, as you do the circuit, you know, of the various uh, shows and through the media. And I hope that uh, your messaging is very, very uh, helpful to uh, health professionals, as well as uh, people who are in distress, which is a, unfortunately a high percentage of the population. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Hoffman. Thanks so much for having me on the show. My pleasure. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site, It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com, drhoffmanstore.com.